1: Bring in show music, please.
2: This is Squawkpod, and I'm CNBC producer Cameron Costa. On today's podcast, California Congressman Roe Khanna is touring other states, the tech and factory jobs that are the entire country's business.
1: For 40 years, we allowed jobs to move offshore. 70,000 factories closed in this country between 2000. 2010. We need a manufacturing renaissance.
2: BlackRock is betting on Bitcoin, and inflation is still going strong.
3: My crappy suite in Rocky Mount, North Carolina, was $200 last year. It's $450 this year. That's inflation. It's free breakfast, but.
2: Plus, leaders head to China. Bill Gates is sitting down with President Xi just days before the Secretary of State arrives. CNBC's Eunice Yoon.
4: The fact that he's coming here at all is seen as an attempt to thaw the uh, very tense relationship.
2: And the Gulf US Open tees off amid the DOJ's antitrust concerns on the green. The only thing
5: that, to me, I can see that they've actually agreed on is that they're withdrawing their lawsuits against to each, each other. Money.
2: We're gonna stop bashing each other, basically.
3: Right, right.
2: It's Friday, June 16th, 2023, and Squawk Pod begins right now.
3: Stand back, Becky. By in three,
6: two, one. Cue, please.
2: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box
6: here on CNBC. We're live from the Nasdaq Market Site in Times Square. It is Friday. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Here we go, guys. A big day yesterday for the markets, with the Dow gaining 428 points. That's a gain of about one and a quarter percent. Yeah, the S&P 500 and the Nasdaq each up by about 1.2 percent. So up, up, up is what we continue to see if you've been taking a look at treasury yields you'll see that right now it looks like the ten-year is yielding three point seven three percent the two years at four point six eight percent but again uh... all the concern heading into this week what we'd see with cpi what we'd see with ppi what we would hear from the federal reserve yeah markets done nothing but go up in terms of equities markets
5: Meantime, this is big news in uh... crypto land uh... bitcoin we're watching the price of bitcoin this morning because asset manager giant blackrock taking well, it looks like the first step late yesterday to launch a spot Bitcoin ETF. The firm filing an application with the SEC to launch the iShares Bitcoin Trust. If approved, the ETF would allow easy access for investors to get exposure to crypto in a product from one of Wall Street's largest companies. Coinbase is listed as the Bitcoin custodian for the proposed ETF. BlackRock has an existing strategic partnership with Coinbase. The SEC, of course, has resisted allowing a spot Bitcoin ETF in the U.S. so far currently in a legal battle with grayscale over whether the firm will be allowed to convert its bitcoin fund into an etf and a decision on that case expected later this year kind of a very interesting sort of turn of events given larry fink's views of
3: bitcoin for as long as he's had them and i don't know about that but grayscale has been trying to do this for gray gray scale now black rock sort of the um but black rock i guess has a better chance uh it's more well known but i haven't. mean the same Concerns that regulators have had about a spot ETF. I don't, that's weird that, that BlackRock. If you can't control
5: that, or regulate the underlying asset, does not matter whether you can
3: control the sort of proxy for it, which is what this is? You have to think that it's, you know, that it's a positive sign for crypto. You would just have, BlackRock decides that they want to do that. It just seems like. Not moving the right. uh, Bitcoin's not moving. There was some weird stuff happening in South Korea the last couple of days. I think that had to do with I don't know. They were uh, not able to. Uh, certain things weren't weren't running smoothly with some of the Bitcoin. Um, this also assets. might have
5: been in the market. There was there was not to be good in, though. But there was an article in Coin in Coinbase uh, Coin Coinbase, uh, Desk se- several weeks ago that 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 indicated that BlackRock was looking at doing something like this. So I don't know if. It's like, you know...
6: The real-time reaction.
5: uh, Buy the news, sell the... And, oh, and, you know
3: that's, that's not the
5: phrase. The what is it? Yes, buy the rumor, sell the news. Yes, the
3: the news. And then you. the Fed, you know, fiat print that that usually moves Bitcoin. When the, if they're going to stop, gold and Bitcoin, but it, and it looks like they're not stopping. And yet, what, what the hell was that?
6: No, they're in, not in, stopping. But look, the market, what was reaction? The market, the market yesterday. reaction yesterday is looking at this saying, look, there's an end in sight. If it hasn't come already, you oh, can see it coming soon. I don't know if you heard Larry Summers and his comments. We don't Need about to hear him.
3: I mean, four, no, if you it, got if you got four seventy-five basis point increases in a row at one point, and now they're yeah. talking about. 2% two more twenty five by the end of the maybe maybe,
6: maybe. that's i think that's that you, right, uh, you can
3: see it sort of end
6: of it but larry summers i thought was interesting his point was he doesn't understand the feds mixed messaging on this either you see all these reasons right. the core is going to be higher and you move it up and so as a result we're going to raise rates or you know he can see both sides of the argument why you would wait and want to pause doesn't understand why you you saying that you're going to raise your core expectations, but then not raise rates right now. I
3: saw an article saying Larry Summers was wrong about inflation. What was he saying about? I don't even know what. He, what was he saying about inflation? Yesterday? No, he oh, just to this said po- he's been wrong point, about it. They, like yeah, they they like Furman. Very hawkish. They're uh, like speaking from the have same. Been, they have been yeah, they, the same. they're uh, you know mentor mentee or, or whatever. But yeah, uh, really strident about that. I, I, that I thought that was a great. Uh, point yesterday about used car sales if you take used car sale increases of 35 right. percent right. out you got a core that's 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 not out of control i've come to the the decision and what it's, did it's
6: say it was three, three?
3: It's, it's it goes against my philosophy and that What's is that? that inflation was really due to the pandemic and the reopening and we were probably headed back to what was normal for years and years and years i'd like to say that all this spending and the fed at zero and all the Biden administration's, you know, right. the inflation. So now you're putting it on what?
6: On supply chain issues.
3: Just
5: straight
6: supply Just the pandemic and the pent don't up demand. Do you and, think it was a combination all, of the two, though?
3: Yeah, it's all part of it. But, you know, the hardcore um, libertarian wants to say this was totally just too many dollars t- chasing too few goods. And what it, I don't know, don't you think it'd go back? To, I don't think it's the 70s. I don't think it's no, ingrained. It's, I, I, I don't think, think the it's deeply ingrained. Being... ingrained. Look, it's not
5: happening. What it would have been the same if it was just happening here. Right. Happened everywhere. It happened everywhere. And, and there
3: I, is definitely. I mean, why would yesterday? And I had I took someone in the airport. Yet. Why would yesterday be the busiest day since before the pandemic? It's June. It's a three-day it's weekend. A, I get all it's that. It's a three-day weekend. Nobody works on a Fridays lot of three-day anymore. weekends. But <laughs> and I here mean, we there's are. a lot of them. It's it's this summer. Is, this I get, is a get it. But, effectively weekend. but people, people want to go. People want to go, and things are. My crappy, you know, my crappy suite in Rocky Mount, North Carolina, was $200 last year. It's four fifty dollars yep. this year. And it's, you know, there's, free, inflation. there's free breakfast. What's the but core inflation there? They don't even have a cough screen on the free breakfast. So it's not like it's, you know, really. <laughs> have you been, do you, do you eat out of those? Would you do that?
6: We, we do when we're on the road with the kids, yes.
3: Someone said they don't even change the tongs ever, you know. But, so I don't That's
6: know. not true. That can't. They have to wash them.
3: you Would you eat at one of those mega I buffets? Have. Yes, I have. You eat at mega buffets? I,
6: I have, yes.
3: In New Jersey?
6: I, I can't remember the last time I have, but yes, and I
5: have. And you live to tell about do you, it. Do you drink out of the glasses in the no, hotel? No, never. Bathroom? They never <laughs> wash <Do you?
3: laughs> those.
5: Okay. Never.
6: Oh, no. you, need, you need the plastic, the paper or plastic are the only ones. Ingo. Or you bring your own Well What bottle.
3: I finally figured out, that they change the sheets, maybe, but they don't change that other thing.
6: That's
3: the, why you don't sleep on that part. Okay, we're,
6: we're missing every story.
3: Partner of Justice's is, uh, antitrust division has informed the uh, PGA Tour that it will review the organization's proposed merger with Saudi-funded Live Golf. What do you, what do you give the chances of this? With no framework, no, no way they I even put it know what to do? I put this at low, not even for the
5: antitrust piece. No, I, I know. I put this at In low general. because you still have to get the rest of the board which I think was blindsided by this. You still have some, the of, the, players. some of the players that have to vote I mean, on this. I don't think there's a deal. And this is, to me, a the only thing that, to me, I can see that they've actually agreed on, is, that, and we'll see whether they do it, is that they're withdrawing their lawsuits lawsuit against to each to other.
3: Money.
6: We're going to stop bashing each other.
3: Right. right. Well, we'll talk about quite a day yesterday, too, at, at LA Country Club. In a statement to the CNBC, the PGA Tour says, we are confident that once all stakeholders learn more about how the PGA Tour will lead this new venture. They'll understand how it benefits our players, fans, and sport while protecting the American uh, institution of golf. A source tells uh, cbc that the DOJ's interest would be an extension of the pre existing investigation and would not be unusual for US antitrust authorities uh, to review a transaction of this profile. We knew this was coming, obviously. Uh, and golf fans have been analyzing comments about the merger after the announcement. And here is Yasser al-Rumayan, a governor of the Saudi Public Investment Fund, who will be the chairman of the new combined golf entity, speaking to David Faber back on the day the merger was announced.
5: The idea is to keep everything independent, but strategically, they're all aligned. So the idea that we have, instead of uh, competing, we're gonna be complementing, and to look for Additional venues, and that's where the the PIF investments, capital investments, will come in, will kick in. So uh, we'll be uh, either creating, acquiring, doing some new things to grow the game of golf. It's
3: pretty straightforward. I, w- I want to talk about yesterday, though, more than I want to talk about this. So when you're done, all let I was going to say
5: is there is an element where, when you come out publicly and say the reason that we're doing the deal. Is effectively to end this competition. Right. That is like prima facie <laughs> evidence
3: right. on the, tape. The, you're ending
5: competition, and that's what the whole. works. I'm trying to think works.
3: of. Of trying to think of who is going to be harmed competitively though by it seems like everyone will benefit. You know, I think if they were able to do it. Well, no. That you could argue the players. No, the players will be doing a lot. But look at the guys that, that went. Uh, all that's going to. I mean, the PIF is big big there i think even the the journeyman would do a lot better under this you know did you see, any, did, you see did you see any of it i just how the pga comes in, how, how, is the, know, PGA I, a how is it that the pga no, I, puts out a
5: press release Matt, Matt was
6: children it? i have children but, and i'm pretty uh, busy but, but so how
5: have have children's is it that the pga eyes. puts out a press release saying that once all of the stakeholders yeah. understand and yet our board and some of our players
3: don't understand well there's going to be some guys that are obviously
5: uh, i don't know if they've worked
6: out all the details
3: what what did phil get phil got uh, at least, uh, I forget, but it was rumored how much he got. And, and guys like Rory that said, no, I'm going to stand up for what I believe, didn't get it, and now they're all... No, no, I'm saying is it. here but you have the PGA the putting out a press yeah, release right.
5: saying... No, the PGA is putting out a press release. They just yeah. said it. You, you read it saying, yeah. you know, it, once everyone understands, all the stakeholders will get it. It's going to be fabulous. I don't even think at the top of the PGA
3: that they're all in agreement that this is what they actually want. Oh yeah, I, I mean, it, when it was announced with that... Framework that was so nebulous. It's like, is this really? What are the chances it really happened? Anyway, what happened yesterday? I said Xander Shafley. Oh, the, he, he's good in every he major. Twelve names. Well, I said Xander too, but he's leading. He <laughs> shot 62. You don't shoot 62 at L.A. Country Club. You just, but I, he did. I saw people the complaining about how the greens are a little. Uh, well, seven, the I greens, well, uh, the, the, a... the greens are a little bit uh, receptive. It's all very, very, I mean, it's such a hard. There's a couple of par threes that are over 250 yards. Rory had a great day. Brooks Koepka was one over after number one, but he shot one over, so he's even for the rest. But everybody's, you know, it's early, but everybody's uh, still. Ricky Fowler, Is Ricky Fowler hard? had like four birdies in a row. It shot I was going to say, I just saw people complaining about been how around well the scores are. You don't want a U. That the U.S. Open, you want like on the last day, you're hopefully it's like eight under maybe, and it's been worse. Some of times, it's like the only three or four guys are actually in the red, but. It's great, it's great watching it. I, uh, it's kind of cool because you see all of LA. is right there. I mean, it's, it's like right next, you see on, on the, the uh, number one, when you tee off Beverly Hilton, that's what you see. You kind of aim for the B in the Beverly Hilton. So it's all right there. It's kind of cool, great course. <laughs>
5: has finally opened here. $42. Look at that. $22 was the initial price. And remember, we were talking about 17 to 19. Shares of Kava jumping as much as 117% of the stock's debut yesterday. The stock pricing at $22 per share. It opened at 42, closed at forty-three seventy-eight. The closing price giving it a market value of nearly $4.9 billion and making it the top-performing IPO this year for companies valued above $500 million. Do you think it holds? Is this a... And does this open up the rest of the market this for it? This definitely more? opens the rest
6: of the market because everybody's been waiting to see what happens. Right. When you see that much of a, um, a pop above the pricing expectations that had already been ra- raised, I think you have a lot of people that are going to be trying. And I don't know if you saw the, the head of the NYSE yesterday, Bob Pisani, right. he had her on the floor as it was opening. and He said, hey, you think you'll be getting other calls? She said, we're already getting other calls. Uh, but you I, put I, the this phone's in the category. category- I mean, mean, here's a company
5: said. that, unfortunately, and I, it's a great, great restaurant chain still money-losing
6: money-losing money-losing
5: right. restaurant yeah you can go look at what happened to sweet green you can and go back to i mean i'm not putting this in the um is it
6: sweet green is it, it Chipotle? Back
5: like. category but yeah for a lot of companies that have gone public flu
3: and i just am glad i understand it i mean it's not
6: like
5: ai
3: apply. it's like food and people like i mean if people are going to keep going out I, I think that's one thing we know post post pandemic we miss that so much that we have a new appreciation
1: Cheese will be next.
2: Up next on Squawk Pod, why the congressman from Silicon Valley is doing a tour of the Rust Belt, the next generation of jobs in tech, with Representative Ro Khanna.
1: There is a confluence between manufacturing and tech. The modern factories are going to require technology jobs. Uh, Yes, they're going to require blue collar jobs as well.
2: We'll be right back. listening to Squawk Pod.
1: Stand by Joe in three, two, one, his mic.
3: Good morning and welcome back to Squawk Box here on CNBC Live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Joe Kernan, along with uh, Becky Quick and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Our next guest is getting ready to head out on a tour of states uh, that have seen jobs migrate overseas. He's going to include stops in Pennsylvania, West Virginia and Ohio, uh, though he hails from the land of tech jobs. Joining us is Silicon Valley Congressman uh Rocana in studio uh been in uh before and it's always good to have anyone in studio, but particularly it's you particularly low bar I <laughs> it. What what are you doing can you explain the rationale and and uh, some of the
1: specifics Well since I've been in Congress I've been focused on this idea that we hollowed out our manufacturing base for 40 years we allowed jobs to move offshore 70,000 factories closed in this country between 2000 two thousand ten we need a manufacturing renaissance we can do that with some of the policies of chips and science uh, ira technology and i want to go to some of these factory towns and see is it actually making a difference what's happening in these communities how do we restore uh, our manufacturing
3: we were uh, actually just talking about that with Unis and others that globalization is here to stay and and that you can explain what happened to a lot of, of the jobs just based on comparative advantage and what happens in a global economy. Do we want to reverse that? Will it be, will it be economically productive to not go where, where you can do things much more cheaply? Well, we want to rebalance it. I mean, during the
1: pandemic, we realized we didn't make masks in America. Our cars were lying vacant because we didn't have semiconductors. We didn't make enough baby formula or Tylenol. And there's going to be a huge global demand for steel, for aluminum. China's got an inverted fertility curve because of the one China policy. Germany's fertility is low. So there's a huge opportunity for America to become the workshop of the world again and to revitalize these factory towns.
3: So, how do we do it by incentivizing the private sector versus subsidizing government favored industries?
1: Well, what we need is a partnership. We need the private sector involved, and they need to uh, have the market involved. involved. The I mean, private they need sector to lead has it. to do it. They, they yeah. need to lead it. But here's the reality they can't make the investments in scaling, and they can't compete against other countries if they don't have some assistance from the government. The government purchasing uh, Made in America projects, the government helping uh, finance large scaled factories. I mean, you look at a town like Canton, North Carolina, right? The paper mill just shut down. 4,400-person town, 900 people work at that paper mill. And you're saying, what can we do? Well, there are, in Wisconsin, there's a paper mill making corrugated paper for Amazon boxes. Why can't we do that in a place like North Carolina? We should have a plan, 100 new factories, 100 small towns. We can do that with the
3: private sector working with government and business leaders. My son is a, is a moderate. He thinks I'm <laughs> he thinks I'm crazy. But I said you were coming in, and I said I, we we had a potential ticket, either a Joe Rowe or a, a Rojo. If I can move you a little bit more to the center. And he vetoed it. He called you a Bernie bro.
1: Well, look, Bernie. I I I agree with Bernie on uh, having health care for everyone, okay. making sure that people can actually afford. If you're working a forty-hour week, do you think that someone should be able? to afford to support their family without food stamps. I mean, those are basic pro- policies, but I also believe in innovation, in technology, in the private sector. So, you, I... There's
3: some of these things are yeah. mute. Some of the stuff you just said is mutually exclusive to what Bernie believes in.
1: Well, I don't, I don't think it's mutually exclusive. I think it's a See, diff- He's not a capitalist. He's a democratic socialist. Well, I call myself a progressive capitalist. There, we, there I dis- disagree or have a difference of opinion. But look, you you know, Joe, you'll keep me in line when when
3: I'm working. We haven't decided who's on the top of the ticket.
1: That's uh, that's a problem.
6: (laughs) Is is this, um, I mean, being so far outside your district, looking at things nationally, is this part of a plan to run for higher office at some point?
1: No, it's a part of a plan to help make the case for what Joe Biden's policies are. I mean, we have had a manufacturing boom in this country. We have had manufacturing capacity up, manufacturing construction up. But I don't think people argue in statistics. Somehow that message is not getting through. So what I want to do is go to these towns and say, is there actually a difference in these actual communities? People who have been laid off, were angry, right. do they feel a difference? Or are all the battery plants and semiconductor plants just going to places like Columbus and not really? Hitting the small towns and factory towns.
6: Well, we had uh, Steve Case on yesterday. And as you know, revolution is all about rise above the rest and trying to make sure that there are technology jobs that exist outside of places like Silicon Valley and New York City. Um, What you're doing is pretty different, though. This is more about manufacturing itself and, and not necessarily technology jobs being outside some of these places. We've
1: done, we've done both. So I'm a huge fan of Steve Case's. I done a partnership tour with Google a couple of weeks, months ago, about bringing uh, new AI jobs and we actually set them up in Allegheny, Pennsylvania, in South Carolina. But I think that there is a confluence between manufacturing and tech. The modern factories are going to require technology jobs. Uh, yes, they're going to require blue collar jobs as well. So, in my view, it's technology AI data management that can allow for the productivity advancements to have the modern factories.
5: I I got a, you just said you were here supporting, supporting President Biden. I I was just so curious, do you see uh, the governor of your, your state, Gavin Newsom with Sean Hannity, um, discussing the debt ceiling deal where he said that he thought that President Biden uh, had rolled, Kevin McCarthy was the, was the phrase rolled. I think he said he cleaned his clock do you believe that's the case
1: i wouldn't characterize it that way i believe the president did the best he could under the circumstances but there were aspects of uh, the deal that uh, i didn't like i mean the fact that you now have uh, the Mountain Valley pipeline uh, being lighted the fact that 50-year-old women uh, are not going to be able to get food assistance at a time of the slowing down of the economy I mean I think the president did the best in the circumstances but I wouldn't
3: describe it as that he cleaned Kevin McCarthy's I, clock I couldn't get you on camera to admit that the president should negotiate but now you're glad he did and you're glad we got this done in hindsight. Well uh,
1: my we view choice. My, my view was that the president should have just said Treasury, go pay. I mean, it's a manufactured crisis. We've never defaulted on our debt. Right. He, the, the previous Congresses uh, have been able to uh, have said to the president, you have to spend this money. He could have just said to Treasury, go pay. And I don't think well, Jerome Powell would have failed to clear those checks. I, I'm,
3: I have mixed feelings about that, too, because you're right. They, the reason that all the that we did all that was because a bunch of Democrats got elected. So if Republicans don't want to pay for what's already happened, then they need to win some elections is, is the way that you prevent. Uh, if you think the spending is frivolous or uh, it's too much, well, stop the spending before it happens. After it happens, it's kind of a moot point. But...
5: Hold on. Did, did you... You just said that the spending was
3: the fault of the Democrats? I just said that over the past couple of years, that what we just paid for... Right was uh the last two years we paid for all the things we spent over the last couple of- are, are you just gonna make the insipid point that Trump spent money too with his tax cuts? Is that is that where you're not No, re- I, was understand make, I was
5: gonna I gonna make the insipid point that you can look at deficits. But you admit Republic- it's insipid. No, but I whether I, I, that's that, okay, I I that it or not you make I point that Republican the factual point that Republicans under pres under Republican okay. presidents historically, I got it. as you know. I got deficits have I up. know.
3: Good point. Good point. I wanted to mention true. to you. I don't okay. even have to chime oh. in here. Oh, I, I, <laughs> know. I, I just, oh, What? First-time viewer? <laughs> um, you know what? It's not rise above the rest. That rise above. Was our stupid saying that oh, we came rise up of with? The rest. It's rise of the rest. You, rise can, rise you of the put rest. the rest. you together. mix the two. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Heard I heard that yeah. and I thought, oh my God! Yeah. She's well, going Steve back Case like- is doing
1: is brilliant. It is because Great. you're going to have 25 new million digital jobs in this country. Many of them aren't going to require a college degree. That's what people don't realize with this AI stuff. It's actually going to make it more accessible. You don't need to know math and computer programming. And Steve Case is saying, don't have all those jobs in New York and Silicon Valley. you like, okay
6: with people not coming back to work in places like your district?
1: Well, no, I think that uh, there has to be a hybrid uh, a- ability to come back some days and also to work remotely some days. But it's a but challenge. you can't
6: live in Idaho if you've got to come back three days a week.
1: Well, I think that's not bad for the country, that, that we're spreading out the technology opportunities. The challenge in, in my district, I mean, candidly, in, or north of my district in San Francisco, we've got to get some of the crime under control. Right. We've got to get the homelessness under control. But
5: isn't, isn't the crime piece a, a, a law piece, yeah, one-order piece? that's missing in, the, in your state? I don't know if it's missing in the state, but we have to do a better job of saying if you go break
1: into a Walgreens, there have to be consequences. Now, I don't think that means you lock someone up for 10 years and destroy their lives, but it also doesn't mean that you just let them go without consequences. And so the pendulum has swung too far on one side and we have to have consequences. It,
6: it also means that you can't have somebody like a Facebook marketplace taking stolen goods and basically fencing the operation and letting people sell things easily there.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I think it we, we Amazon,
6: on need- Facebook. They, they've all kind of contributed to this by, in not policing, by not policing the stuff that they're selling. We just spoke with the Home Depot CEO this this week, and he said just that, that right. you can now go online in any of these places. And, you know, those are things that if they were for sale in a Home Depot, Home Depot would be in big trouble. How come they're not responsible for it?
1: Well, there should be the they shouldn't be able to to, to, to take intellectual property or no
6: stolen goods like straight out of Home Depot or any of yeah. these other places. Well, that's, why the, that's why that's why there's organized crime that yeah, goes into these
1: stores. There's laws against stealing cars that we
3: won't chase them in, in, anymore. Well, we the...
1: we should have an enforcement. I don't know what percentage of Amazon goods are stolen goods, but obviously we should be uh, enforcing the, the the rule of law. But just on Silicon Valley, this idea that there's some mass exodus. I just uh, want people to come to the Valley and talk to folks there. They are going to be leading the AI revolution. There are new startups every day that are coming uh, out in Silicon Valley. It's a a booming place. Now, uh, the bigger challenge is not that there's a mass exodus in Silicon Valley. The bigger challenge is, is AI going to be helping other parts of the country or is all the new concentration of wealth going to remain in Silicon Valley?
3: You must be excited, though, about AI. I, but it's gonna—you know—we're all doomed, obviously. Was well, yeah, the oh, and then crypto—you can't
1: take your job, Joe. Don't no, worry about I don't, it. I don't. I agree with you. I got agree too much with humor, you. you, got I, agree with you. So. I
3: agree with you. I think, um, and, and if we do, eventually start running things, we got to do something with crypto. You ready to do something uh, regulatory-wise? You want to do it before we're in the Oval Office, or are you going to get Congress to move its uh, us
1: well, they, we need to do something and we need to have sensible uh, regulatory reform. I mean, we've, we've got to recognize that there are values, in my view, to blockchain. Your
3: friend Larry Fink now wants an ETF. Well, we got to go. They're yelling. We got to go. All right. We still don't know. Rojo, Joe Roe, uh, one or the other. We'll be right back. Do you have a preference?
2: If you want to hear more about Steve Case, his rise of the rest fund or any of his bets on companies outside Silicon Valley, check out your SquawkPod feed. He's on yesterday's episode. But in this episode, we still have more to cover. Coming up, Bill Gates is sitting down with China's President Xi. Our Beijing bureau chief Eunice Yun has the details of that meeting.
4: In Chinese state media, they've been saying this today, someone like Bill Gates uh, would come here uh, really shows how important China is to the business community.
2: Welcome back to Squawk Pod. Here's Becky Quick. And Virgin Galactic
6: says that it is aiming to launch its commercial space tourism service later this month. The company says it's looking at a launch window between June 27th and June 30th for the inaugural flight. It wants to follow that up with another flight in August and then monthly commercial flights after that. Virgin Galactic has about 800 passengers waiting to take a trip. Yeah, not on the list. Not here.
3: No, I, Andrew mentioned the I. I don't want to go on the I. So I'm definitely not doing this. The so uh, London Eye. I, I went on it once, I sat right you're in the so very, brave. I sat, yeah. I sat once in the, I sat in the very center, like this, it just wanting it to be it over. It falls. Yeah, it, it, it does. It, and when it's you're imperceptible up to- that you're even moving. Oh, it's not the movement. It's the it's height. It's where I the am. Okay. Yeah. And it's when you're on one side knowing that you're not even at the top and you've got to wait there for it to move and then slowly. I don't like heights. I don't. Microsoft co-founder, Bill Gates sitting down with China's President Xi Jinping. Eunice Yun joins us now from Beijing with the details. Good morning, Eunice.
4: Hey, Joe. Well, President Xi is being quoted by state media as telling Bill Gates that he is the first American friend President Xi has met in Beijing this year.
1: Very honored uh, to have this chance to meet. Uh, And we've always had great conversations, and. We'll have a a lot of important topics uh, to discuss today.
4: Now that just shows how unusual this meeting is between uh, the Chinese leader and the American billionaire in this heightened tension period um, between the U.S. and China. This is the highest profile attempt by the Chinese leadership to repair badly damaged relations with the international business community, especially with corporate America. In the meeting, President Xi highlighted what he believed Beijing needed from the economic ties with the U.S., stressing the need for technology cooperation, but this, of course, attempt. Uh, runs counter to what we're seeing um, Washington want, which is to curb Chinese access to U.S. technology. Now, Gates' visit comes only days ahead of Secretary of State Anthony Blinken's arrival. He's going to be here on Sunday and Monday, and his visit would make him the highest profile and highest level American official to visit China since the pandemic. Still no details on exactly what his itinerary is. The expectation is that he's going to be meeting with his Chinese counterpart and possibly with President Xi. The expectations though, Joe, are being managed pretty low by both sides about any sort of outcome, though the fact that he's coming here at all is seen as an attempt to thaw the uh, very tense relationship.
3: We talked, uh, we had a discussion about globalization and whether it's over, and it, it just, I don't know, it, it, the, it's, we need that expression that you know, the horse has left the barn or whatever, there's no way. Uh, we can try to have onshore some stuff, but uh, the actual planet being one place for goods and services and, and, and trade, that's never going back in the bottle ever, uh, you know, so we got to get along somehow. I'm just, I don't know, I wish China would be a little less strident about and obvious about some of its goals, for, goals for world domination. Can't we be frenemies?
4: <laughs> well, I think the Chinese would agree with you on many levels. Uh, they would say that there shouldn't be any decoupling. They really don't like that term. They also don't like the term de risking, which is uh, the U.S.'s as well as the West, a lot of Western nations, um, a new buzzword that the Chinese think is just another way of saying decoupling. Um, Of course, the U.S. would say that that isn't the case, that they, um, like what you had said too, uh, don't think that it's possible really to decouple. And I think from the Chinese perspective, uh, they would say, that the fact that, and in fact, actually, in Chinese state media, they've been saying this today, uh, the fact that someone like Bill Gates uh, would come here uh, really shows how important China is to the business community in the United States. Uh, one, um, just you know, just kind of giving you a little background, though, of course, and, and Joe, I know you know this as well. Um, a very uh, common strategy, though. Uh, that we've seen over years and years about the Chinese leadership is to uh, really look for the connection with the American business community at, in a way to try to influence uh, yeah. U.S. policy right. overall when it comes to China. Right. So uh, that's yeah. something that we have been seeing. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, continues, yeah. Right. although it's unclear exactly right. whether or not this meeting is going to have much of an impact.
3: Yeah, those guys have no values or principles, really. As You know, when money's involved, it's uh, like anything. Goes- I just don't want to be lulled into A false sense of security and then, you know, another balloon comes by or more farmland next to all of our defense assets. You know, it's it's a little bit frightening. And when you say the Chinese, I mean, we're talking about the CCP. No one's got anything against the the Chinese people. It's just that it's the regime. So you've got to worry about. Right. You know how? You know is that is that forever? They're telling me we got to go anyway. Eunice. Well, that's uh,
4: that's 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 your distinction, but the Chinese government would say that the CCP is Is the
3: Chinese people. The
4: Chinese people, yeah, is the voice for the 1.4 billion people. Though I don't know necessarily if if the Chinese people would agree.
3: (laughs) Okay, all right, Eunice, all good points. Thank you.
6: All right, folks, that does it for us today. Uh, We'll join you back here on Tuesday. Have a great long weekend, everybody. Monday is Juneteenth, markets closed.
2: That's the podcast for today and for the week. Thank you for listening. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 AM Eastern. And don't forget, please follow Squawk Pod wherever you're listening now. Leave us a review, a rating, and then tune back in on Tuesday. We'll meet you back here after the long weekend. Enjoy Juneteenth. We
1: are clear. Thanks, guys. guys
0: BP added more than $70 billion to the US economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and